very good morning to you all and a very warm welcome to worship, whether you're here with us or whether you are watching online. Please feel welcome and please feel part of the Kirkgate family this morning. We'll be having the midweek service as usual on Thursday at half past ten. The Christian Aid lunch is this morning after the service. And if you can stay for a light lunch, that would be great to continue your fellowship. Go out by that door and it's across in the small hall. And Nigel has promised that he's going to try to keep his sermon short this morning so that we can all get out in time to get lunch. Okay? So, you've been told, Nigel. (laughs) (laughs) Tickets are on sale for the quiz on Friday night at half past seven. The tickets are £6. And the fashion show that we had a couple of weeks ago raised a final total of £673. That was an absolutely great total. So thanks very much to all of you who supported that in any way at all. The Bible study and the craft team meet as usual this week. And the rag bag collection raised £69.15 for church funds, which was also a great effort. Thank you again. The channel lunch will be on on Friday as usual and I talked last week about the Aaron Away Day on the 27th of May um, and there are details about that on a poster in the vestibule if you want to read that if you're interested. Thank you very much. got to say is lunch only starts at 12.30 but um, so at least by then I think the service will be done <laughs> you know sometimes we plan but God has got a way of taking over and I hope you will forgive me if that happens today it's one of those things um, but we hope to have lunch together after you know, it's quite, it's quite a good one. We're going to feast here as we look at God's word and then we, we do the other part. Jesus says, men shall not live on bread alone. So we'll start uh, with the important spiritual food and then we get to food, the other food. Uh, the fifth thing that I've been talking about concerning the presbytery mission plan, uh, I'm going to be brief, you have heard, the caution. Um, The fifth thing I would have been elaborating on is plan for a good start. Plan for a good start. You'll be glad to know that uh, the four churches closing met right here last Tuesday and you will be furnished with the details of some of the things that we talked about but already that's evidence that we are planning for a good start. Yes, we are closing the four churches, but we are also planning for a good start. And on the 15th of June, we have another meeting again at St. Cuthbert, 7 o'clock, where all four cake sessions will come together to again plan for a good start. So we hope and pray that everything will go well. I think that's enough for today. We're getting good doses today. So as we continue to worship, we come together to sing praises and give thanks to our Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? Our Lord Jesus Christ, among many other names, 
today we are going to be celebrating with Jesus, the ultimate soul winner. The ultimate soul winner. Jesus said to his disciples, come, follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. And this verse reminds us that Jesus not only saved our souls, but he also commands us to win souls for his kingdom. And as we worship today, together we come to do as such. Let's praise God together and let's worship together. And we join our voices as we sing together our opening hymn, My Song is Love.
seated. Let's draw near to God in prayer. Loving God, we praise you that we can put our hand into yours, knowing that you will lead, you will support and hold us throughout our lives, that you will supply all our needs and far more besides. You have touched our lives through your grace, and in gratitude we respond with praise. We praise you for our experience of that truth across the years, the way you have always held firm to us despite our faults and our faithlessness, never letting go of all that we want and we cling to, sometimes that which is not good for us. You have touched our lives through your grace and in gratitude we respond as we just shout silently and yet loudly in our hearts as we give you praise and worship. Lord, forgive us that we have let go so often of your ways and your rightful ways. We have kept on clinging to what ultimately can never satisfy. Forgive us for doubting you when times are hard and questioning your ability to lead us safely through all tribulations and trials. Give, forgive us for reaching out only when we have need for you and expecting you to lift us each day out of trouble and out of our own making and to set us on our feet again. We only cry out when we believe we are down. You, on the other hand, have touched our lives through your grace and Lord, we, we respond to that in prayer. Help us to put our hand again in yours, in simple trust and quiet confidence and eager expectation, knowing that whatever we face and wherever we may find ourselves, you will hold us firm. You have touched our lives through your grace, and for that we are grateful. You have offered us a new beginning, yet we have gone back to our old ways, you have called us to shine like stars in the world, but instead we have walked in darkness. You have sent us out to live and work for Christ, and we have tended on and we have tended to our own selves. You have welcomed us again and again and into your own family and among your children, but we have abused your trust, and so much we have failed you yet we lift up our praise and our adoration to you, knowing that you are always listening and ready to receive us. Your love for us never fails. And you continue to teach us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation.
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now I want to ask adults, but young uh, boys and girls, I want you to listen to specifically how adults are going to respond to this question. All right. So adults, I want you to go back to a time when you were young. When you were young. And I want to ask you this question. Have you ever been discovered? Have you ever been discovered? Or perhaps... Better said, have you ever been caught doing something you're not supposed to do? It looked like the first one, you didn't quite. So have you ever been discovered? I'm not just looking for a yes, no. I'm looking for a, a full confession. <laughs> can, you, can you go back and try and find out, or maybe something that you think... The boys and girls who are here would love to hear more. Uh, have you ever been discovered or have you ever been caught? Anyone? Yes. Pretty often. Used to do school assemblies. Uh huh. Oh. All right. <laughs> boys and girls, did you hear that? Talking, talking during the Lord's Prayer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Caught smoking in the school toilet. All right. Caught smoking in the school toilet. Anybody else? It looks like ladies are keeping it. <laughs> yes, Maureen, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> All right, so boys and girls, the, the ones who are more younger than the boys and girls who were speaking just now, have you ever been caught or discovered or found out? Anybody? <laughs> Ethan is saying, my brother, definitely. <laughs> uh, D, have you ever been caught or discovered yes and how did it feel for you to be discovered it's hard it's tough it's embarrassing it's scary at the same time all right so sometimes when we are caught or discovered it's one of those scary things now today we're going to read and for this one, I love it because it's the Word of God. We're reading John chapter 4, and guess what? We're reading 30 verses. At least for that one, no one will say, Nigel, it's the reading. <laughs> uh, and in that, in that passage, we come across, it's a very popular story of a woman who went alone to fetch some, some water at the well. And guess what? She was discovered by Jesus. And I love the story. So I'm going to summarize it for you. So there she is, and doing what she loves, fetching water for her family, I suppose. And then 
Jesus asked a question, or in fact, he made a request and he said, could you give me some water, please? And that question led this woman to be discovered. Amazing. So that's the end of the story. And we will hear more about this very story just now. But I think before, if you can forget many things, because I'm going to say quite a lot of things today, Jesus is the sole winner. Jesus is the ultimate, the most powerful sole winner. So he will rescue your soul. He will rescue you. Instead of being worried when we were caught smoking, maybe belts were still in action then, uh, but with Jesus, he's willing to take you. And you will see as we read in John chapter 4 what he did. But we thank God for that, and we thank God for the next song that we're going to be singing as the deer pans for the water.
please be seated. And now we will enjoy, you know, um, Stuart was complaining that, Nigel, you are taking the show, long sermons and all that. I don't get to display my gift. So for a second, for some few minutes, as we give our offerings to God, uh, we're going to listen to the lovely music uh, that Stuart will be playing for us. Thank you, Stuart. Um, we draw near to God as we pray together. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, as we offer ourselves to you in worship, we humble ourselves and acknowledge that all we have come, all we have comes from you. We offer our tithes, time, and talents as a symbol of our love and gratitude. May you bless and multiply them to feather your kingdom on earth. As we prepare to hear your word proclaimed, we pray that you open our hearts and minds to receive the message that you have for us today. May your spirit inspire and guide us as we listen to your word. We pray that your word will take root in our hearts and transform us so that we may grow to be more like you. We offer this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dean. So I'm going to invite our reader to come forward to read, if you want to thank you, John chapter 4, and we're reading from verse 1 through to 30. Uh, the children will only live in the hymn that comes after that. Jesus and the Samaritan woman. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was winning and baptizing more disciples than John. 
Actually, Jesus himself did not baptize anyone, only his disciples did. So when Jesus heard what was being said, he left Judea and went back to Galilee. On his way there, he had to go through Samaria. In Samaria, he came to a town named Sychar, which was not far from the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw some water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink of water. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The woman answered, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. So how can you ask me for a drink? Jews will not use the same cups and bowls that Samaritans use. Jesus answered, If only you knew what God gives and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you life-giving water. So the woman said, You haven't got a bucket, and the well is deep. Where would you get that life-giving water? It was our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well. He and his sons and his flocks all drink from it. You don't claim to be greater than Jacob, do you? Jesus answered, Whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring, which will provide him with life-giving water and give eternal life. Sir, the woman said, give me that water, then I will never be thirsty again, nor will I have to come here to draw water. Go and call your husband, Jesus told her, and come back. I haven't got a husband, she answered. Jesus replied, you are right when you say you haven't got a husband. You have been married to five men. And the man you live with now is not really your husband. You have told me the truth. I see you are a prophet, sir, the woman said. My Samaritan ancestors worshipped God on this mountain. But you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we should worship God. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time will come when people will not worship the Father either on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not really know whom you worship, but we Jews know whom we worship, because it is from the Jews that salvation comes. But the time is coming, and is already here, when, by the power of God's Spirit, people will worship the Father as he really is, offering him the true worship that he wants. God is spirit, and only by the power of his spirit can people worship him as he really is. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah will come, and when he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus answered, I am he, I who am talking with you. At that moment, Jesus' disciples returned, and they were greatly surprised to find him talking with a woman. But none of them said to her, what do you want? Or asked him, why are you talking with her? Then the woman let the water jar, went back to the town and said to the people there, come and see the man who told me everything I have ever done. Could he be the Messiah? So they left the town and went to Jesus. Amen. May God add his blessing to this reading of his own holy word. 
Thank you, Fiona, for reading so well. We're going to sing as we are seated or for those who want, I think it's better to actually stand or sit. Uh, probably sit, Stuart says, follow Stuart. But if you feel like moving, um, let's listen and sing at the same time. troubled sea oh you are the peace in my troubled sea in the silence you won't let go in the questions your truth will hold your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea oh you are the peace in my troubled sea
I'm sure you would have agreed with me, not Stuart, that standing was going to bring the vibe. But uh, I suppose Stuart was saying, take note of how they do it so that next time you can be ready to do it. <laughs> Thanks for that counsel. <laughs> Jesus, the sole winner. Jesus, the sole winner. Now, you, you might have followed or you have been following along. We are in the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John specifically, we are all over. We're going to be moving chapters. But I, I want to encourage you, if you are able to, to read through uh, this Gospel. It's amazing. So in chapter 4, and we are presented with a new portrait of Jesus we are told Jesus, the powerful soul winner. Jesus brings sinners into himself. In fact, he genuinely cares for the fallen and was willing to teach and to reach out to all. And I think a good example is this woman we find in this particular passage. Anyone who crossed the path of Jesus at whatever Cost, Jesus was willing to lure them to himself. Now, this story is no exception. In the verses, we can see and watch Jesus doing that which he does all the time, bringing sinners to salvation. And I'm convinced that we all want to join Jesus and join him to speak to those who are lost and those who are poor in their spirit and those who are like this woman. But as we do, we look at our own lives. As we look at this passage, we look at our own lives and we ask ourselves, and in fact, we ask Jesus, would you save me? Would you save me, Jesus? If there's one request that you keep saying in your heart as you listen is please save me please save me jesus now in the old testament in psalm 142 david says this when i look beside me i see that there is no one to help me no one to protect me no one cares for me in other words no man cared for David's soul. That's what David is saying. And I want to say this morning, you may feel that way today. You may be feeling, you feel like nobody cares enough. Even if they would care, they can't go to the depth of my problem or my challenge. In fact, it may be true that no man on this earth will truly care enough for your soul, in fact. No man would care enough more than Jesus cares for you. So the God and our Lord Jesus Christ cares. Maybe that you will feel that ministers don't care enough, elders don't care enough, neighbors don't care enough. I want to remind you today, Jesus cares enough. And he cares enough to know the details of your life. And as we go through these verses, I'm going to summarize 
the story in a way, but I hope that Christian would learn from the Savior's example and say, I want to be like Jesus, and I want to follow Jesus this way because he longs to use you and I to, the, to, to reach out to the world we live in. The world is in need of Jesus. And following his example in reaching out to the loss, you, re, you rediscover that there's nothing more important than actually to, read, to reach out to others as Jesus has done to us. So if you forget anything, remember that Jesus is the great soul winner. Now let's look at this woman. This woman has a history. Things she has done and some things she has left undone as well. She, she probably has done some good things and also not so good things. She is a guilty woman. She has got so many regrets. She has got so many fears. She has got so many wounds and sorrows. And, and I suppose you will see it just now. She's got so many secrets too. She is a woman with the past. And I'm sure it's very easy for all of us to say, yes, surely, there is a woman with a past. And maybe you, you look at your own life and you say, probably you won't get to that point, but let me help you. You also have a past. Maybe your past is not as terrible as this woman. Actually, hey, past is not that terrible, actually. If you were to study the history of this text or read commentaries on this text or listen to interpreters as they try to interpret this story, her past is generally seen as that of promiscuity. And why? Why would I say that or why would I agree to that? Because we are told about five men or something that looks like five spouses and now living unmarried with the six men. That's what we, we told in this passage. So people like her, people like us, people with the past often live in fear of being found out. It is not just the fear that another will know the truth about me or facts about us, but they will do something and perhaps they will neglect me perhaps they will judge me in other words we all thirst to be seen and to be known at a deeper intimate level and i think there are some of you listening today who are like i wish jesus could understand my heart because surely yes i am a sinful person or yes i have done so many mistakes before but i've been trying or i at least god if only you could go deeper to understand me and, and get to relate with me. We all want to pour our lives out to someone. And especially if we were given an opportunity, we would want to pour our hearts to Jesus. And to actually let Jesus drink from the depth of our poor lives and what we have been. 
And that is exactly what Jesus is asking of this woman with the past when he says to her, give me a drink. Woman, we, we, we will look at it as if he was saying, give me a drink of water. That's why she never got it. But Jesus was almost saying, was inviting this woman and saying, give me a drink from that which you carry within you in your life. Give me a sip of that. It is an invitation to let yourself be known to Jesus. To be known is to be loved and to be loved is to be known. And I'm sure most of you do not like the idea of being discovered or to be found out. However, without being known, we are left dry and abandoned, just like this woman. It leaves us to a life which is like a dehydrated life. And we all know from science and reading that being dehydrated is the last thing you want in your life. And I suppose we see that a lot in Scotland, do we? We are thirsting for something more, something different, but always returning to the same old wells. So there's a sense in us. We will all go down to some well at some point. For some, that well, like that Samaritan woman, it is the well of marriage. You know, they... We, we keep going to our spouses and people we love for some more, but we never get to be satisfied. For others, it is the well of perfectionism. We, we think, if I get perfect and more perfect, that will do for me. For some, that well is a hiding or a sense of isolation. We, want, we say, I, want, I don't want people in my space. And when I don't have people in my space, that will do me well. And it doesn't work. The more you isolate yourselves or yourself, the more you realize you're empty still. And others will draw from the well of power and control. And they want everything to be in control. And they want to control everybody. And they, they want things to go this way and that way. And, and guess what? Nothing works. They're still in control but nothing is working. Too many will drink from the wells of addiction. They, they end up just addicted to things. They, they're trying, but nothing is working. Many live at the well of busyness and denial. It's like, I'm busy. I'm a busy person. I'm sorry. I have no time for socializing with people. Even others would get to a point where they say, I just go to church that's me, and then I go home, and that even that does not work. I'm sure we could each name the wells from which we drink from, day after day, and, and month after month, year after year. We go to the same well to drink, and yet nothing, nothing. We were hoping that our thirst will be quenched, but nothing is working. We live as thirsty as we were before we arrived. And maybe we keep coming the next day and still there is no quenching of that thirst. 
For too long we have drunk from the same well and we never satisfied. And it's time to drink from a different well. That's what my point is. It's time to drink from a different well and the well is available for you. It's the well from the soul winner, Jesus Christ. So for this woman at the well, husband after husband, this is the well to which the Samaritan woman has returned, but with no good result. And I want to say to you, there is another well. It is the well of Jesus Christ. It is the well that washes us clean of our pasts. This is the well from which new life and new possibilities will spring forth from. It is the well that frees us from the patterns and habits that keep us living thirsty lives. So in today's gospel reading, the Samaritan woman found Jesus. She intended to go to the same old well she had gone for years. And the well that her ancestors had drank from. But today is different. You know why? Jesus holds before her two possibilities of life. The first was the reality of what is. And second was the reality of what could be. The reality of what is and the reality of what could be is what this woman was faced with. So Jesus asked her, could you please give me a drink? Could you please give me a drink? And as he does that, he brings her past to the light on this afternoon day. And he begins to unfold things for her and, and say to her, you have had five husbands, Jesus said. And the one you have now is not your husband. Now, I think so many times we look at this passage and we think there goes Jesus beginning to judge this woman. But wait a minute, this is not a statement of condemnation but simply a statement, a statement of what is. Jesus is revisiting exactly how this woman has lived her life. He tells her everything she has ever done. That's how she later on says it. But do you know what Jesus simply told this woman? It's that exactly. The husband you have now is the sixth one. Five have gone. That was the deeper part for her. But it does not end there. Jesus is more interested in her future than her past. And I want you to take note of this. He wants to satisfy her thirst more than judge her history. Jesus is interested in your life. Not that he doesn't know it. He knows your life inside out. Jesus knows her. He looks beyond her past and sees a woman dying of thirst, a woman thirsting to be loved, to be seen, to be accepted, to be included, to be forgiven, to be known. Her thirst will never be quenched by the external wells of life, nor will ours be 
quenched by the external things of this world. Because there's some among us who would say, you know what? When I look at, when I look at going to church, I've been going to church since I was five. It doesn't work. And I want to say to you, it's not about going to church. It's about relating with Jesus. It's about a relationship with Jesus. In fact, Jesus says that he says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. And this is the living water of new life, of new possibilities, of new freedom from the past. This living water is Jesus' own life. It became in the Samaritan woman a spring of water gushing out to eternal life. And then she discovered within herself the interior well and left her water jar behind. Do you see something here? She has received eternal water. She no longer see a reason of carrying a water jar anymore. She had to run for her life. Why? Because something happens when we meet Jesus, when we encounter Jesus in our lives. We don't need the vessels anymore. She had now become the well in which Christ's life flows. Do you see that? She left this place, she left a water jar, and she started to dish out living water from what she had received from Jesus. And guess what? Right towards the end, you discover that many people wanted to see and experience this kind of soul winner that was able to do it with this woman. It is not enough, however, to hear her story or even believe her testimony until we come to the well of Christ's life within us. We will continue to return to our dry wells of our lives. We will continue to live a thirsty life. We will continue to live in fear of being found out. So I wonder from what well do you drink from? How much longer will you carry your water jars? There's another well, one that promises life, one by which we are known and loved. Come to this new well. We're told in verse 28, then the woman left her water jar, went back to the town and said to the people there, come and see the men who told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? So she ran to the city to tell others about this man she had met. She felt compelled to tell others about the salvation she had just received. Friends, salvation will give you the strength to go beyond where you can go. Even to those people who are difficult, salvation will do that. Will compel you to want to share your story with others. You want others to meet this soul winner. You ever wondered why she went probably to men, not women? Because she knew that men could understand her better. 
On the other hand, women could be influenced otherwise. And in the end, you see men and women coming to meet Jesus. Now, whatever the reason, the fact remains that she was an instrument used of the Lord to bring many to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. While sinners do not get saved by our message or our words, she ran and she told others. And I think it's our responsibility to go and tell others. God can make something out of that message, and that's not up to us. Perhaps another question as I come to close. What was it that took this woman from being a hardened sinner who was dead to spiritual things and transformed her into a powerful witness for the Lord? Do you know what it is? Do you know what changed this woman? Can you think with me? It can be summed up with one word. Jesus. Jesus. He makes the difference in any life he touches. He has touched my life. And I think he, he has touched your life. And he can touch it again. And remember the bigger picture? We are reading, we are getting to encounter all these things. Why? One, that we may keep on believing. Two, that we may have life in abundance. Keep on believing, have life in abundance. Maybe today you are coming to that place where you're feeling like, no, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. I've been trying, 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 and doing, doing, doing things. It's not about your works. It's not about your perfectionism and, and all that. It's about Jesus. And you, maybe you need another touch this morning and another touch and we will be different people as we leave for lunch and as we leave this place. Jesus is the ultimate soul winner. We sing just as I am.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to lift up our hearts in prayer for all those around us who may be seeking a deeper understanding of your love and grace. We ask you that you guide us in our daily interactions with others, that we may reflect your compassion and kindness wherever we go. We thank you for the example of Jesus, the ultimate soul winner, who showed us how to love people and lead them to salvation. We pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to move in our lives in ways, in ways that are beyond our human understanding to help us to share your gospel message with those around us. Whether we assume they know or we are sure they know, we continue to share the good news of the gospel, to share that you, Lord Jesus, is alive. As we reflect on today's message from John 4, we reminded of the woman at the well who was transformed by encountering Jesus. We pray for all those who may be thirsty for your living water, that they may come to know you as their savior and their ultimate soul winner, to find new life in you. We also lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ who may be struggling in their faith. We pray for those who may feel discouraged or lost that they may be reminded of your unfailing love and grace. Help us to be a source of encouragement, to be a source of support to one another as we walk together in faith. Thank you for your word that convicts our hearts and calls us to share your love with others. Help us to behold Jesus in our midst as we seek to witness and to follow in the footsteps of this great soul winner. We pray that may his example inspire us to seek out those who are lost and in need of your grace. We pray for those where we have names of those loved ones we can name right now, and we bring them before you, and we name them one by one, and we bring them before the altar of Jesus, and we hand them over to Jesus as we seek to pray for their healing and, and for their transformation, for, for the touch they need to, to be able to be quenched of this thirst they've always heard. Because, Lord, indeed, it's not coming to this building that makes a difference. It is coming to you. It is coming to you, Lord. And with all our hearts, we come to you and we want to be fed, Lord. And even as we leave this place, may we share that which we have experienced of you as you just penetrated through our hearts and, and you just continue to inspire us and to give us life in abundance. Lord, we want to keep on believing in this world where people are turning away from you and turning into their own beliefs and into their own values 
that are very far from what you value for each and every one of us. Lord, touch us. May we never be the same again. Even as we leave this place, and for those who are at home, even as they, they, they get out of that room, may they be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, because you are here and you are right there where others are. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the one who breaks the darkness. Living God, go with us on our journey of discipleship. Grant us faith to follow where you might lead. Courage 
to step out into the unknown and grace to walk with humility and commitment to travel onto the journey's end. So may we take up our cross and follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. The blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.